athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Happy Father's Day weekend to all of the fathers from all of us here at From the Press Box to Press Row. Want to give a special shout out to my father, Donald, and my grandfather, uh, Clifton. And this is a special Father's Day edition of the program. As a matter of fact, um, I had a chance a couple of weeks ago to catch up uh, with my father, who, as a matter of fact, is a Howard University graduate who um, uh, played at Howard for four years, is in the Howard Athletic Hall of Fame. And um, I had a chance, had a really good interview with him. So um, we're going to begin today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And the first part of, or the first segment of the show will be the first part of the interview that I had with my father, Donald Ware, here on this special Father's Day edition of From the Press Box to Press Row. In fact, I've been waiting for this for several years, so I <laughs> take this opportunity and do to make the most of it. <laughs> sure. Uh, so with Muhammad Ali recently passing, I just kind of want to get your thoughts on um, what he meant. Of course, you went to Howard University, and um, he had a chance to, you know, during I guess during his tour in terms of going on college campuses and talking about uh, the Vietnam War, you had a chance to um, to kind of see him or interact with him. Just want to kind of get your thoughts on on what you remember most about Muhammad Ali. Well, certainly I'm saddened about his um, his passing. I knew when I saw him on TV recently when he was they were taken to the hospital that the, the time was near and he suffered uh, many many years. So I'm in a way I'm happy that. Uh, He's gone on to better things. I had an opportunity to see Muhammad uh, at Howard my sophomore year, I think 1967. He was there for some type of uh, speech or celebration. Uh, maybe he was talking about the, uh, the Vietnam War, but I did a chance to, to see him. And, um, you know, nice, tall, look, good-looking guy, had on a beige suit, white shirt, and uh, women flopped around, the guys stood afar and admired him. And um, I guess another time that I saw him in fighting actually was at the Capitol Center against Jimmy Young. I forgot the exact year, but I believe it was a 12-round fight. And uh, I, won, I think he, Muhammad, won on a, um, uh, on a decision. Yeah. So those are only two times I uh, had a chance to really see him in person. But I did have a chance to see the, I think, the first Muhammad Ali-Frazier fight uh, it was at uh, Closed Circuit TV. I believe it was at the old um, Uline Arena down at 3rd and M Street, Northeast. And uh, this is when Muhammad lost that first fight. I believe it was his first fight. And he knocked him, uh, knocked, uh, Frazier knocked Muhammad out, or knocked him down, I should say. 
I uh, went to, I think, the old Uline Arena at 3rd and M Street Northeast to see um, closed circuit TV between um, Muhammad Ali and, uh, and Joe Frazier. I believe that was the first fight, and I know that Frazier won that fight with a 15 round split decision, and I believe he knocked Muhammad down in the 15th round. So those were the only times that I really um, had a chance to, opportunity to, to see Muhammad. And um, like I said in the beginning, I'm, I expressed my condolences to the family and, uh, and saddened that um, he um, has passed. Sure. We, it's our Father's Day edition here on From the Press Box to Press Row. I'm talking to my dad, Donald Ware. And um, speaking of Howard, of course, you're a Howard University graduate. You know, played played football there in the Howard Hall of Fame, got inducted in 2003 along with uh, Jimmy Johnson, who, of course, played at Howard, played with the Redskins, went on to coach in college football. And then I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he's with the Vikings or at least lastly, I remember him being with the Vikings as a tight ends coach in the uh, NFL. But what do you remember most about the playing days and those days at Howard? I knew they were rough because we didn't win a lot of football games. Uh, we didn't um, really didn't have the talent that they have today, you know. Um, because when I attended Howard from 1966 to 1969, in terms of my playing years, they didn't give out athletic scholarships. So you would every now and then get a blue chip player, and um, certainly a lot of guess a lot of those people moved up and into the Hall of Fame, but um, we lost a lot, but we, we had a lot of fun. I think the main th- thing during that time is to get your, to get your education, and uh, even though I believe that's true today, but today they have a, a better um, athlete. They give scholarships, so I think it's a bit different setting altogether. Right. So, yeah, not very good teams, understood, but, I mean, you were pretty pretty well accomplished enough to be able to – uh, you know, to have a tryout with the Redskins. And, and yo, tell the story about, um, you know, your freshman year. You had come out of Cardoza um, High School there in Washington and, um, you know, weren't playing very much at Howard. Can, can you kind of take us – and then all of a sudden you made a, a great play. You got in one time, made a great play, and I guess as they say, the rest is history. Yeah, it was, it was like the uh, third game of the year, and we were playing at home against Delaware State. And uh, certainly in the stands were a lot of my um, um, former players at Cadoza. My high school coach was there, Bob Hedden, and, uh, and so forth. And I was, you know, I was sitting on the bench. And uh, they would ride me. And, um, you know, right, when are you going to get in the game and pull those splinters out your butt and, you know, stuff like that. But then it was a, a particular play that um, a running back for Delaware State was sliding out the backfield and, consistently catching a, a swing pass and running 10, 15 yards anytime he seemed like he wanted to. So the coach uh, looked down the bench because the linebacker who was supposed to be checking this guy just wasn't quick enough. This, uh, the back for Delaware was, I guess, about 5'11", 185, and a lot of speed. And the linebacker was a larger guy, you know, 6'2", about 235. So he wasn't able to keep up with him. So I think the coach looked down the bench to make some type of change to to stop this um, success of the uh, Delaware running back out of the backfield. So he looked down the bench, and he looked at me, and then all of a sudden I just got really nervous thinking that he was going to call my name to come in, but he didn't. And then the play continued, but this back continued for Delaware State to 
uh, just come out the backfield, catch the swing pass, and go 10, 15 yards. So he looked back down at the bench several plays later. Then he called my name. And so I, I jumped up and went in. He told me to get to get the linebacker out. So I ran into the, the field to play linebacker. But what I wanted to do once I got on the field, I would tell the defensive captain, hey, put me in safety because I don't want to really play linebacker. So, But he said, no, nah, you have to play linebacker. So, you know, when, when the play started, I was lined up with a 5-2, a 5-4 defense. I was playing the middle left inside linebacker. And I can remember this offensive guard, number 60, I believe it was number 68 or 66 from Delaware, was eating me up. He would hook me under my arms at the snap of the ball, lift me off to the ground, and then dump me on my head. And the running back was just coming right through that hole, getting five, ten yards at a time. So I really, really at that time, I really I looked over the bench. I really wanted to come out the game, but I couldn't. I couldn't just run off the field. So uh, the next play or so, I, could, uh, I, I saw that the, the – the guard came at me as though we were going to run, but then he jockeyed back for a pass. So I, I sort of took a little drop, and I looked through him, through him at the little back who was so successful against us, and I saw him swinging out. When I saw him swing out, I ran right at him. And then when I looked up, the ball was there, and I caught the ball. And I think I ran 62 yards. They caught me. <laughs> I think the quarterback or off wide receiver might have caught me. But when I was running, it seemed like I was running on a cloud. It seemed like I wasn't there. I could see my sideline waving, like, come on, come on. I could see just fans jumping up and down. Then all of a sudden when I got close to the sideline and I got hit, boom, 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 then I, tonight the sound came on. I could just hear the cheers and so forth and so on. At that play, I played every single game. At Howard, that was my freshman year, third game. I played every single game since that time. Wow! So that's basically how I got my my start. I did not, I did not continue at linebacker. At that <laughs> time, they moved me to tight safety. They made some adjustments in the defense, and I was a mainstay in that defense for the last three and a half years. It's a special Father's Day edition of From the Press Box to Press Row, talking with my father. Donald Ware, more of the show on the other side. I was rolling in my car when I pulled up at the mall, couldn't find a place to park. What's up, y'all? This is your favorite uncle, Charlie, last name Wilson, Uncle Charlie. I'm right here, you listen to Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Keep it locked. We'll be right back. Whoa, my man knows how to put the ball in the hoop. Did you see that? He's a stud driving to the basket or putting it in from long range. Yeah, I saw it. So he's a stud, the man. We're all impressed. Bob, what's with you, man? You seem depressed. Out of it. Hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm just down. Well, boys, talk to me, man. What's bothering you? Home is bothering me. Brenda and I haven't hugged, kissed, or made love in weeks because I can't get an erection. We've been boys a long time. I'm going to share something with you. I had that same problem until a month ago. Then I heard about Alpha RX Plus and things changed big time. It brought happiness back into my bedroom, trust and respect from Felicia. 
How can I try this Alpha Lust? <laughs> it's Alpha RX Plus, and you can learn more at AlphaRxPlus.com. It's affordable, all natural, no side effects, comes with a money back guarantee. www.AlphaRxPlus.com or 800 860 1938. Alpha RX Plus. The following is a message from the Bud Light Party. The Bud Light Party is exposing our nation's hottest issue it's our laptops. They're warm, and they're getting even warmer. Why would they make something that rests in our laps get so hot? Can't they just figure out how to get some coolant in there? Until America finds a solution, an ice-cold Bud Light in our hands will help cool our laps. This message approved by the Bud Light Party. Raise one to right now. Enjoy responsibly. Bud Light Beer, AB, St. Louis, Missouri. Kofi cards are designed by Brother Tyus Kofi, who has received international acclaim and has been featured on over 300 very popular greeting cards. Kofi cards can be purchased for any occasion, including birthdays, baby showers, and well wishes. Buy them in bulk today. Purchase Kofi cards online at www.koficards.com. That's www.koficards.com. K-O-F-I-K-A-R-D-S.com. Produced by the community for the community. Kofi Cards, empowering our community one card at a time. Kofi Cards are a product of Global Emerging Market Exchange. GMX, a redistribution company. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. You never know who may be a guest on the program. We are joined by Ice Cube, one of the greatest boxers of all time. Sugar Ray Leonard is on the line. We're joined by Demarcus Ware. We are joined by Wendy Raquel Robinson. Art Shell is our guest. Maybe the greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. I'm talking about none other then Common, Mark Mariel, who's the president and CEO of the National Urban League, CEO, commissioner of the CIAA, Leon Carey. None other than the world-renowned Smokey North. The godfather of Go-Go, Chuck Brown, joins us here talking about none other than Doug Williams. Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. Missed any of these interviews? Check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real relevant radio. You're listening to from the press box to press row. As we continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row, it's our Father's Day edition of the program. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And as I mentioned in the last segment, uh, talking with my dad about his time at, of course, Howard University, where uh, he played all four years at essentially at safety and uh, was elected to the Howard Athletic Hall of Fame in 2003. And we'll now continue the conversation right now. Yeah, no, no question about it. So, you know, with that, I mean, that, that was freshman year to, you know, senior year. And, um, I mean, uh, again, being able to um, to have that. You know, what, what, what was it like coming, you know, it, it, we could talk more about your high school days, but, you know, you, you were used to kind of winning and excelling and, 
now you're in a situation at Howard where, yeah, you're excelling, but the team isn't winning. How difficult was that? Well, you know, in, in high school, we used to win in baseball. Uh, we had a very good team. I started my 10th grade. In ninth grade, you could not play varsity sports. So I, I played baseball, started my 10th grade, played right field, started, batted last. But that next year, they moved me to my 11th grade. I played uh, second base, and I batted first, and then played second base my 12th grade year and batted third. And we used to win the Western Inner High Championship each and every year. We uh, lost uh, my 10th grade to Anacostia, and then I think we lost that next year to Anacostia. And I don't exactly remember what we did in you know, my senior year, but we had a very good uh, winning team in, 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 um, in baseball in high school. But when I attended Howard, I didn't play baseball. I only played football. Football in high school was, was pretty good. We was pretty much 500. We never won the championship. I think Bell High School, Bell Vocational High School, was the team to beat, and uh, certainly they won the championship all three years that I played uh, football uh, at Cardoza. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have a pretty good team. Um, I think my my 10th grade was my – I played JV, and we won the JV championship. So with those 10th graders becoming 11th graders and then 12th graders a year uh, after that, we were favored to win the high championship my 11th and 12th grade, but we weren't able to get past – Bell, but we did beat up, you know, pretty good teams like Spring On and, and, and Roosevelt and, and Wilson. So the transition from, from high school to Howard, you know, and a lot of people may think, well, uh, Howard is, is not a blue chip, it's not an athletic school, so forth and so on. But it's, it, I'm going to tell you, it's a big difference between high school and any college level because, number one, the players are more skilled and they are faster and they're bigger, and they, not, they may not be big as uh, maybe some of the schools out west like uh, UCLA and USC, but they're bigger and they're stronger. And plus there's a big difference between an 18-year-old in high school playing against a 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old in college. So that's a big, big difference. It's a mental uh, adjustment that you have to make. So making that adjustment, I, I thought I was very skillful in both baseball and football, and certainly playing football at Howard, I feel I was very skilled. I played wide receiver in high school along with um, playing safety, so I played both ways. But at Howard, I only played uh, you know, safety because it was too much to try to, to play both ways. You know, um, you know it, 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 took, it would take too much out of you to, to play two, two, two ways at, uh, at the next level up. And my four years there, I um, I think I did you know, pretty well. Um, I made all league, I believe. Um, I, um, I believe my uh, junior and senior years, and uh, I would, was uh, therefore selected to the Howard University Hall of Fame in uh, 2003, you know, for football. Right. And um, and fortunate enough. Um, you know, I had a, a little stunt with the Washington Redskins. I was um, yeah, and, and you know we're gonna we're gonna talk. I want to talk more about that. Um, I, I want to lead into that, but let let me ask you before that because you mentioned Cardoza, 
and you know coming up in high school and i you know i, I you know like for you to talk about the Ware brothers you and 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 your brother and how really good you guys were and this was at a time you guys you more specifically were after dave bing and a lot more after uh elgin baylor but you did come up with uh austin carr who ended up playing in the nba also well yeah my brother and i uh a year apart and uh Certainly uh, in both uh, baseball and football, we played two years together. My 10th and 11th grade was his 11th and 12th grade. So we, we played um, you know, very get, well together as, as we did in Little League ball. We, we played um, you know, baseball and, and football. Uh, he played basketball. I didn't play um, you know, basketball, but he was um, a, a three-letter person you know, his uh, junior and senior years. And uh, in baseball, uh, he played first base. I played second base for those two years. So that was always a pleasure to play b- beside him because I knew his strengths and weaknesses and, and so forth and so on as we had come up, you know, during the um, Little League. And, um, and in football, we played again two years together. And the thing about it, uh, you know, in practice, I would check him because he was a receiver and I was uh, – you know, a uh, defensive back, so I would, I would check him up and, and check him and try not to hurt him. <laughs> my mother told my mother told her, don't, don't, don't hurt Junior, you know, and uh, so I had to ease up on him, but I, I make sure that the other guys didn't hit him too hard. But, um, yeah, that, that was a great accomplishment. We were very successful, you know, in, in baseball, having won the um, championship uh, um, both those years of playing together. And unfortunately, losing uh, the, the, uh, in the playoffs to, to Anacostia. But, um, you know, it was always a pleasure to play with him. And uh, certainly, you mentioned Austin Carr. Now, Austin Carr, you know, certainly Mackin High School, you know, right, right a block from Cardoza High School. I think it was at 15th and B Street, Northwest. And, uh, well, Austin and I and, and my brother, we all were at River Terrace together. Um, our backyards were, you know, uh, divided by an alley, and we we played a lot with Austin, a little league ball and stuff like that. He had a lot of talent. He was a year behind me, so therefore my brother was two years ahead of him. But uh, I can remember, you know, um, going up to the River Terrace School, the playground, and my brother used to go up there, and I used to shoot around with him. I was never really good in basketball, but he was. But basically, Austin, um, he was instrumental in teaching Austin a lot of the basics of basketball, you know, during that time. I think Austin was about maybe 11 years old when my brother was 13 or 14. And I think that's how Austin got started. And and then the next thing you know, we moved from the northeast area, from River Terrace, over to the Howard University area over northwest. And we didn't see Austin or keep in touch with him. But the next thing I know, we were playing, uh, um, Cardoza was playing Mackin in the Christmas tournament over at uh, John Carroll High School, and there was Austin Carr. And um, I believe his 10th grade, and he was a starter, because I think he had um, some players on his team by, by name, last name of Coleman and, and, and Little and had a pretty good team. And I believe um, we beat them in the Christmas tournament. I'm not really sure. But Austin was very good. He had grown quite a bit. You know, a good jump shot, good defense, and as you know, he went on with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I think he played a year or two with the 
I think the Baltimore Bullets or maybe the Washington Bullets. I'm not really sure the name at that at that at that point. Right. But um, yeah, um, I think my success, you know, in in sports was that I was able to play with older boys because of my brother. My brother being about two years older, and then therefore my brother, you know, being 13 or so, he's playing with guys that are 14 and 15. So in order for me to be chosen to play on the teams and it was mainly baseball, I had to be good. So I did have a little bit of speed. So that helped me uh, to, be, to be chosen on some of the teams. But I, my skill built up as I played with the, um, the older kids. Right. And I think a lot of my success uh, uh, in athletics is contributed to my brother and to the older boys that, um, that I played with. So when I uh, went on to Cardoza, you know, I played with, at that point, I began to uh, certainly play with uh, boys my own age, but I believe because of my early development with the older boys, my skill level was higher. So the same thing with Howard. So um, I think that's why I was able to be successful uh, in um, high school and in, 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 in college at Howard also. And another thing I want to bring up um there was an award that my brother and I received. It's called a D.C. Sportsman Award. I forgot what year we received it, but it was an award that's given uh, at Cardoza uh, based on 10-year periods of the best best athletes in the school during a 10-year period. And my brother and I were chosen as the best athletes during a 10-year period from 1960 to 1969 at Cardoza High School. I think that was quite an honor, considering the many, many, many wonderful and skillful athletes to come out of um, Cadoza. You know, during that time when you had baseball, when you start up your baseball practice, you start up your football practice, and you had, you know, for football practice, you may have 120 players out there. You know, baseball, you may have 60 or 70 players. You know, so you had a lot of skill out there. You had a lot of recreational systems. D.C. recreation that would feed into the high schools, you know, and uh, but it's not like that today. You 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 can barely fill a team. So uh, I think uh, to to win that honor uh, at that time is uh, contributed to my brother to my early development in both baseball and football. It's a special Father's Day edition of From the Press Box to Press Row, talking with my dad. More of the conversation on the other side. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That the voice of Ronda Rousey. It was something that I specifically asked for, not just because I wanted to fight for the Brazilian people, also that I really can't stand this chick, and I would rather beat her in her home country on her own turf so that she knew that she lost with every single possible advantage she could have. That's the voice of Michael Strahan talking with us about his college playing days at Texas Southern. You know, a lot of guys were probably out there partying and in some cases chasing behind the girls. I was working out because I didn't see Texas Southern as being like my stop. That was part of my journey until where I wanted to go. Kevin Hart joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Room. Now, are you going to return to New Orleans for the NBA Celebrity Game to defend your MVP crown? Of course I am, man. I'm trying to three-peat. Right now, you've two-time celebrity all-star game MVP. If I can get a three, a three-peat, I'm retiring from the game of basketball. I will have done what no man can do. Adrian Peterson. We're strong enough. He built us to be strong enough to endure that. 
that's powerful. It is. Like, that's powerful. That's how easy we put things in perspective and know that, hey, you know, tough times don't come. But if you trust in God, believe in God, he's going to get you through it. Mike Krzyzewski or Coach K, you know, there was an article that came out with the headline stating NBA needs to pull stars from USA Basketball, which is showcasing only Duke's coach. To me, it's absurd because before USA Basketball, Coach K was on the map and winning national championships. However, how do you respond to that? Well, I don't think you have to respond to it because something that comes way out of left field, it's apparent that we don't need USA Basketball to help our program. I've won three national championships before being the USA coach and went to numerous Final Fours and had number one recruiting classes. I think the response from everybody has been, you know, come on. That the voice, of course, of T.I. and some hard times down in the ATL, though, T.I. Yeah, and if that is understood. It wouldn't be the first. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be the first, nor the worst. No, nah, no question. I'm, I'm still I'm still down with the skins, man. What can I say? They're they're not doing too well right now. Well, like... <laughs> you know what I mean? We gotta... Hey, hey, hey look, man. We gotta, we gotta hold it down so we can, so we can get it Right again. <laughs> we're joined by Serena Williams. You were in Sports Illustrated's swimsuit issue a couple of years ago. You feel like you're a sex symbol. <laughs> I'm just Serena, and that's all I can be. And whatever people think is. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm, I feel honored that they might feel that way, though. Maybe the greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm-hmm. All, all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders for myself, and not only me, but the kids and the volunteers and the parents and the people that have been associated with it. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have Division one. The face of women's soccer in the U.S. is Alex Morgan. Phenomenal moment. The semifinal game against Canada where you scored in the extra time. Everyone's thinking, how he's going to get to that. And, you know, it kind of fell directly to, to me and to my head. And it was definitely the biggest goal of my career. Jim Caldwell in his first season as the head coach of the Detroit Lions. If a coach is named a coach in waiting, the next year he becomes that head coach. He goes 14-2. and two, His team goes to the Super Bowl. The next year he goes 10-6. and six. His uh, team goes to the playoffs. And then because of a 2-14 and 14 record, but part of that record is because certainly one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time misses the entire season. After the end of that season, the coach is fired. Is that fair to that coach? <laughs> well, you know, in this business it is. <laughs> because um, that's the thing that I think most people that are in it understand it. It's what have you done for me lately. At that particular year, we didn't win enough games, plain and simple. He's the one and only Darius Rucker. I love sports. I love all sports. I watch them all. I'm into the World Cup right now like everybody else is, but... If to me, there's two times a year, the football season and waiting for football season. And right now, I'm waiting for football season. I love it. Oklahoma City Thunder forward Kevin Durant. What about the success that you've had? You're maturing as an NBA player. It's one of the young uh, superstars in the league. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. We've been through a lot as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. You know, hopefully we get to reach our goal one day. From the press box to press row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU. Sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real relevant radio. A Budweiser, America. 
and Florida Georgia Line. I still remember our first big show, Budweiser's in the air, and hearing the crowd sing our song. That's when it really feels like America is in our hands. And when I'm holding a nice cold Budweiser that says America on the front. <laughs> that too. Cheers. This Bud's for you. Enjoy responsibly. Budweiser beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. The others pretend. You're listening to the only sports talk show in America that actually cares what you've got to say. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. It's a special Father's Day edition of From the Press Box to Press Row. We now pick up the conversation with my father, Donald Ware. Yeah, it's a, yeah, no, it, it, it is. Uh, I mean, it is a it is a big deal, as you mentioned, winning that um, award between um, 60 and 69 is some of the to your point. I mean, some great athletes that come through uh, Cadoza. It's a special Father's Day edition of From the Press Box to Press Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. I'm talking with my father, Donald Ware. And so, you know, again, the success at Howard um, led to um, it led to the Washington Redskins. Uh, Ultimately, can you kind of talk about how all of that, you know, how that kind of transpired in terms of um, were you scouted by the Redskins? Did they send you a letter? I mean, how did kind of things work back in that time? Well, I I will say this. I I can remember my uh, senior year. There were scouts uh, coming um, uh, to our practices, and we had a um, kicker uh, on the team. Um, I don't quite remember his name, but he was like the field goal kicker, and he could actually kick the ball 50 and 60 yards during that time. So you're talking about some 45 years ago. That was very good. And uh, so I was wondering at that time, they ever scout me and so forth and so on, and I never heard anything uh, uh, from the coaches that they were there to, you know, to look at me. But I can remember that we were playing in Atlanta. We were playing Morehouse my senior year. And we were in the uh, Atlanta airport, and uh, we were coming back you know, from 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 uh, the game. It was on a Sunday. We were coming back from the game that we had played, uh, I believe, Saturday night. And we saw Bobby Mitchell. We saw Bobby Mitchell in the airport, and, he had a nice suit on, had some uh, nice uh, expensive cowboy boots on and briefcase and so forth. So, you know, some of the players uh, recognized who it was, and they went over and said, hey, Bobby, this, that, and other. And I think he was giving some autographs and so forth and so on. So we, you know, chatted with him for a moment, and then we proceeded on to our uh, plane on back to the Washington, D.C. area. And I didn't know at that time, but he was there scouting me. I didn't know that at the time hmm. because what 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 happened uh, during that time uh, the draft was 17 rounds. I knew from some previous letters I had received from the from the American Football League and some of the other teams that uh, they were interested in me. They wanted to know what my time was and you know and uh, you know what position you want to play and you know things like that. But I never really uh, got any real firm offers that would uh, make me believe that they were really scouting me. So, but um, I can remember I was down in um, in South Carolina. I had gone down there to represent my father at a funeral, and um, 
and I was telling uh, my family was here that if I got a call from any of the you know, NFL teams to you know, let me know. Because I think back in that time they would call you and you would have to say yeah or nay if you wanted to, to go with, with that team. And I know they went through the, the complete draft, and I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't drafted. I was a little disappointed, but you know, I said, well, you know, life goes on. But um, I, uh, you know, came home from the uh, uh, from the funeral and so forth, and got a call on a Sunday. I think it was um, February the second. I got a call from Washington Redskins. It was Bobby Mitchell on the phone. So he identified himself. He said, uh, hi, Donald, uh, Mr. Ware. I said, yes. This is Bobby Mitchell, Washington Redskins. I said, oh, my goodness. He said, yeah, well, I knew you weren't drafted because, we, you know, they know who was drafted and who, weren't, who, who wasn't and who's still out there. So he said, um, we looked at a couple of your films. In fact, they, you know, had asked earlier my head coach to give, me a, uh, to give them a couple of uh, my films and of some of the games and so forth, and they ex- they said they expressed interest. They look at well, Vincent Body and some other scouts there, and they said they were interested in signing me as a free agent. And I said, oh, oh yeah, that would uh, that, that, you know, that'd be fine. So they wanted me to come down to the headquarters, which was down at Connecticut and L Street, where the um, Farragut, Farragut North Metro Station is. So I went there one morning about... Um, about nine o'clock, and um, you know I certainly got there early on time. I didn't want to be late for this because I, I was meeting the probably the, the best coach of, of all time, Vince Lombardi, and uh, and my thought at that time was they expressed interest in me, and and you know I guess I must have been pretty good because the best coach thinking that I had the potential to play for him, you know, meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. So I got there and I, I sat down. I went to the receptionist and indicated that I was down away. I was here for a meeting with uh, uh, Coach LaVince Lombardi and, uh, and Bobby Mitchell. So she said, told me to have a seat, and she called back. And, and I can hear her say, well, okay, okay. So she said to me when she hung up, it said he would be with you, the coach would be with you in a, in a moment. So I sat there about another five minutes, and then the phone rang at her desk. She answered, and she said, yes, yes, sir, yes, coach. So she said, uh, the coach is ready for you. So I, I walked by her desk, and I was walking toward the open door, in which was his office. And it seemed like the more I walked and stepped forward towards his office, it appeared that like my legs got real weak. <laughs> it's like I was walking on a cloud, like I couldn't get my footing. It's like I was going to fall. I guess I was just so nervous. So I, I walked in, and uh, I could see Bobby Mitchell sitting at a guest chair in, in front of uh, the desk, and it was another uh, chair that was vacant. But I noticed to my left, uh, Charlie Taylor was, was standing over, over, to, over to the left at, at the um, little coffee station. You know, I assume he was you know, getting a cup of coffee. But I noticed Vince Lombardi was uh, sitting at the desk, but he was attending to some some paperwork, so his head was down. So I, as I uh, came in towards the guest chair, Bobby just, you know, gestured toward a chair for me to to sit down. And I tell you, I was so glad to sit down because I thought I was going to fall out. But uh, I was I was very nervous. And then um, Vince put the papers aside and he looked ahead and he said that. Um, 
you know, Bobby and I, we looked at, you know, some film, and we think that uh, you can uh, help our organization, help us beat the Dallas Cowboys. You know, every other word was Cowboys, beat the Cowboys. And, uh, and I said, you know, I said, you know, yes, sir. I mean, I was so nervous I can barely get out, yes, sir. And uh, and Bobby, I can see uh, uh, through my vision there that he was he was just very nervous. <laughs> and I, I guess he didn't want me to say the wrong thing because this was signing time and not any time for me to, to mess up and, and embarrass him. So um, so anyway, uh, Vince asked me, he said, um, do you think you could, um, you know, play cornerback? And I wasn't really looking to play cornerback because I, you know, played four years safety at, at, at Howard. But he indicated that um, he liked my quickness. He liked my closing on the ball. And he thought that that he that I could best help the team by um, you know playing cornerback, and because uh, I thought at that time this is what I thought, Ricky Harris was playing free safety at that time. I really thought I had a legitimate chance to to move him out and start at free safety. Mike Bass and Pat Fisher were the were the, mm-hmm. were the corners, mm-hmm. and I. And I, I wasn't looking to back anybody up. I was looking to play, and I knew I, I couldn't move those two guys out. But I felt I could move Ricky out. Greg Owens, I didn't, I didn't want to fool a lot with, um, with tight safety. I didn't want to fool with those uh, tight ends. So, um, so anyway, he asked me that uh, he indicated that he was interested in, in, in my skill level to play corner and so forth. So on. I said, and I said, yes, sir, and so forth. And, and then he said, um, because we want to beat the Cowboys. And he said to me, do you think you can check Charlie Taylor? Now, certainly Taylor's over to my left. You know, um, I don't know what he was doing over the coffee because he seemed to be holding a cup of coffee for a long time, stirring it and and so forth and so on. So, you know, that was a loaded question because the the person he's asking me if I could check is standing right (laughs) a couple of feet from me. So and I and I noticed when when uh, Vince asked that question of me, it seemed like these two eyes were were glued on me. It was Charlie's eyes, and I sort of glanced over and I can see Charlie looking down at me. Charlie's a big fella. He was six three, about two ten, and for a wide receiver or anybody during that time, that was big. That was big for a non lineman, a non defensive or offensive lineman. So I didn't really know how to answer that. Bobby, as I, you know, looked over toward my right, he appeared to be just nervous. Don't answer this badly. You're going to mess this up. And Vince was looking right at me, I mean, right at me, no smile, just right at me. So I thought about it for a while. Can I check Charlie Taylor? Then my response was, no one can. (laughs) And then when I, I said that, you know, Charlie seemed to be okay with it. Bobby sort of relaxed. And then Vince was looking straight at me, and I didn't know how he was going to react, but then it was this big, wide, smiling grin. And I can see the, the gap in his teeth, which he had. And he pushed this blue paper in front of me, and not knowing what it was, and I turned it around, it was an NFL standard contract. So I guess I answered the, the question correctly. <laughs> that I would accept the, the responsibility of uh, trying out for cornerback, and no one, including myself, can check Charlie Taylor. So at that time, I, I saw the contract. Bobby Mitchell signed it. I signed it. The contract was worth uh, $12,500. Uh, 
the entry level for free agents at that time was $12,000. I think they added 500 because I was from the D.C. area. And maybe I could, if making the team, I could, um, you know, draw some, some people there because at that time we were playing at, uh, we were playing, I think, D.C. Stadium. I, I don't know if it was named RFK at, at the time. But um, that's how I really got my start. So we just stayed there a little while. I stayed there a little while long and chatted with uh, Charlie and Bobby. And uh, and then I, you know, came on home. And um, uh, we uh, received literature, of, uh, the correspondence from the, the Redskins on a special training camp that they were having over at Georgetown University. And I forgot the actual date of it and, and so forth, but we were staying at the Mayflower Hotel. We had, to, you know, you could stay there, you had to get a room there, or you could stay at home. So I, I chose to stay at home. But we had to be there on time, so we all had to meet into the um, one of the big ballrooms and so forth. So I, so I got there on time. So I, I went on in, and, and I saw. Let's pause it right there. Our special Father's Day show continues on the other side. Men, you know there are a couple of myths that should be cleared away from your belief system. The first myth, women only look for tall, virile, handsome guys with money. The truth is, most women look for guys who know how to get results and save money, too. The second myth, you have to buy expensive drugs to regain your love life or defeat erectile dysfunction. The truth is, there is a product on the market made of seven herbs. It's all natural, costs less than $40, and helps 96% of men who try it regain erections that last, and many guys swear their 20s have returned. Alpha RX Plus works to defeat erectile dysfunction, has no reported side effects, and comes with a money-back guarantee. If you want to defeat erectile dysfunction and save money doing it, Alpha RX Plus should be a part of your belief system. Try Alpha RX Plus and then tell us what you think. AlphaRxPlus.com or call 800 860 1938. Alpha RX Plus. The following is a message from the Bud Light Party. Making a contribution to the Bud Light Party is the best decision you're going to make this year. Why? Because for every contribution, we'll give you a Bud Light. This summer, we'll be at bars and venues across the country, taking contributions and giving back with fun and Bud Light. Join the Bud Light Party on the campaign trail this summer. It's a party we can all agree on. This message approved by the Bud Light Party. Raise one to right now. Enjoy responsibly. Bud Light Beer, AB, St. Louis, Missouri. It's Donald Ware, from the Press Box to Press Row. This segment of From the Press Box to Press Row is brought to you by Alpha RX Plus. Alpha RX Plus is all natural. You heard the commercial in the last segment. It has a 96% success rate in ending erectile dysfunction. And for Box to Row customers only, get 10% off when you purchase Alpha RX Plus. Go to alpharxplus.com, enter box to row B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, as the coupon. You've tried the rest, now try the best. Alpha RX Plus has a 96% success rate in ending erectile dysfunction. For more information and to get the 10% off coupon, log on to alpharxplus.com. When you check out, use the code Box to row, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. 
Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. It's a special Father's Day edition of From the Press Box to Press Row and Pick It Up. I'm talking with my dad. We pick it up where he was talking about being at Redskins training camp for the first time back in 1970. And, and, uh, and uh, Sonny Jerkson and Lynn Haas and Pat Richter and all the all those guys I just look at for years on TV, and I I was thinking to myself I say well gee, here I'm sitting in the same room with them possibly being on the same team with them, and it was an unbelievable experience. It was like I was dreaming. So I noticed when 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 um, we were all in the room, the, the two doors in the back open, and here comes Vince. It got totally quiet in there. You could see hear a pen drop on the floor, and it was a carpeted floor. And he walked in slowly. He was trending. He nodded and so forth. And, again, I was just nervous. So he went on up to the front, to the podium, and he um, just welcomed everybody. We had at that time, I think we had about 60, 65 rookies at the time, and there were about maybe – uh, 20, 25 veterans there, uh, including, um, you know, Charlie Taylor and, um, and um, Sonny Jurgensen. So he talked about, you know, what we're going to do. We're going to have, a, I think, a, a three- or four-day training camp at uh, Georgetown you know, University. He wants us to go out there and do the best you can. And, and don't worry about anything. This is not to cut anybody, but we need to, to evaluate on, on what you need to you know, what we need to take up to Carlisle, because Carlisle was the training camp in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, was the train at Dickinson College, was the, was the training camp. So, so um, you know, we, we would uh, go over to Georgetown and we would practice and we run and exercise, all kinds of stuff and so forth. But I noticed each morning before we began our uh, practice, there was less and less players. But, but Vince said in the beginning, he said, hey, we're not cutting anybody, but they were cutting because it's a business and they uh, are not going to invest money or time in a in someone that's not to have the potential to, to help the team basically make money. So um, I was able to make it through that camp and, um, and, and went up to Carlisle, Pennsylvania, you know, the training camp. We were at Dixon College. We stayed at Adams Hall. And... Um, one thing that I could remember there, other than my short stay, I mean, I, I enjoyed the practices and, and exercises and, and, and so forth. And and I can remember at a practice, um, I was catching, you know, I would go out and, you know, before the actual practice, a warm-up, I would catch footballs from uh, from uh, Sonny Jurgensen and Frank Ryan. Frank Ryan was a previous quarterback with the Cleveland Browns, and I think we picked him up trades or something, I'm not really sure how he got there, but it was quite an experience. It was like heaven, like an athletic heaven, and, and um, to be able to catch footballs from, from Jerry. He could, back, he could throw the ball behind his back, you know, I and mean, it's tremendous. He could throw it with his left hand. So, I mean, as well as a lot of people can throw with their strip hand or their right hand. So it was a nice experience, and... Um, uh, my stay was short. Um, I had an injury at Howard. Uh, I, I believe I sustained it my, um, I believe my junior year. 
but it, it became aggravated uh, with the uh, exercises and all that we had to do at the training camp. It was very stressful. So it, it wore down. I had you know some problems with my feet, and then I can remember one Saturday I had to go over to the uh, Harrisburg Hospital to see Dr. Rester. Uh, Rester was the uh, Redskins team physician, and he indicated to me at that time. He said, "Well, you know, you have a poor tarsal bone, well, a bruised tarsal bone, and poor ligaments in my in my um, left foot, and that you know it's up to you." But he would advise me to to let it go because any continued um, uh, process with the way I'm using my foot could result in um, not being able to use it to its full capacity. So I made the decision at the time to, to let the let the football go and, and uh, was sent back home and uh, I finished up at Howard and I I had 12 hours to, to complete so I went on back to school in September of uh, 1970 and I was able to hook on with the coaching staff at at Howard for three years. I coached the defensive backs, and uh, and we were rated nationwide, and I think in the top ten each of those three years that I coached. So that was um, that was um, pretty much it. I got my degree, and and then uh, here we are. I'm talking to my son on um, on his radio program. Yeah, wow, that is that is an awesome story. And then. Um, Lastly, you know, one of the things I can remember, um, you know, growing up, you kind of, you know, giving back. I can remember um, you mentoring at one time, even back at Cardoza, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah, I I was a uh, mentor. They had a they had a program. um, I said, where was this program? it was with. Um, let me just think if I can get my uh, bearings here. Um, yeah, Big Brothers, a uh, Big Brothers um, organization, where they asked for volunteers to come back into the high schools and 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 help the kids that were uh, single parents or even you know had both parents, but they needed some Big Brother type or someone else to tell them. What the right thing to do, and I did that for for um, I think for for two two years, two school years, two school seasons, and I think one year I was voted uh, the best mentor um, uh, a particular year. I can't remember the year right now. It was it was in maybe 1992. I'm not really certain of of the uh, the time, but I, I remember I had a, a young man who was. Um, was um, I think he was playing basketball at Cadoza, but number one, he wasn't um, uh, going to class, so they uh, basically kicked him off the team. But I wasn't interested in trying to get him back on the team. I was interested in getting him back in school so he can get his work done. So I guess um, you know I put in time with him and uh, and uh, told him you know this is the right thing to do, the things you should do, the things you shouldn't do. I tried to lead by example. And uh, you know he he turned it around. It took some while. It took a while. It took some effort, but he did um, he did turn it around. And he did go back to school. He started going back to classes. No, he did not um, um, get back on the uh, basketball team. But um, I think he just decided that it was too late at that time. But the main thing was to get back in the classroom and get your study and, and get your uh, get your education. So he did, you know, finish. Um, Finish and then he did, um, you know, graduate. 
so, and I think that same year I was voted um, the um, the mentor of the year. I got some type of uh, uh, trophy for it, and uh, it was great for me to do that because I I want to see the the kids do well, and 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 sometimes kids need an outside influence uh, to steer them in the right direction. Sometimes the parents not enough. They need to hear it from someone else. So I'm glad I was with that someone else. I did that for two seasons, and then I, then I, you know, then I let it go. Right. So uh, that was pretty much uh, with that. Okay. No, very good. And you know, I I, I remember you coaching, you know, me in in um, more so in baseball coming up. It's why I really like to do. I'm doing it now. I coach uh, 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 my son Skylar. I coach my daughter um, Fallon. Um, on last year and just enjoy uh, the coaching with the baseball. So I uh, appreciate everything you've done uh, for me and uh, appreciate you coming. We finally were able to get you on the show. Appreciate you coming on. Well, I guess after 10 years, I know you ha- you celebrated your 10th um, uh, um, anniversary, um, I think last year or something like that. And, and I, I hope this is not the last time because I tell you this, uh, you know, as you probably know, you know, but I don't know if your audience know. I super, I appreciated um, college football and mm-hmm. in, uh, the CIAA for 31 years. So maybe that's another show because that could take another hour to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's right, and that's we we had that matter of fact we have that piece online for those that want to check it out at on our blog at um, at boxrow dot com. Uh, we appreciate it. I'll I'll see you uh, see you in a couple of days. Yeah, I, come on up. I'm I'm waiting for the grandkids. All right, so there you have it. Had a chance to to interview, have my father as a guest here on From the Press Box. The press room, you heard him in the beginning. He said he's been waiting for this uh, for a long time, so that is, uh, that is great. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to my dad for joining us today here on the program. And, again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers and um Perhaps you are a father, you haven't seen your child um, for quite some time. It's Father's Day weekend. Uh, go check on your child. Go see him. Go tell him you love him. Um, all of that. Uh, hopefully I'm talking, if, if I'm talking to someone out there that can hear me, do that. We need to, the fathers need to be uh, in children's lives. And so it makes a big, big difference. I had mine in my life, so it makes a and have mine in my life, so it makes a big difference. So go and check out your uh, child uh, if you haven't in in quite some time. I'm just saying. Um, Again, for more information on the show, log on to our website, BoxToRow.com, BoxToRow.com. Follow us on Twitter at BoxToRow and also on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. And always remember to support those that support Yo, from the press box to press row is presented by DW Communications. Let everything you give me, that's all I'm wanting for you, young and like falling like sun. But in the end, I hope you only turn out better than me. I hope you know I love you, young and like falling like sun. I'm the new man, you think it's coming, coming, you think it's coming. I tell you, and when they come, just keep it running, running, just keep it running. I say every time somebody died, child is born So I gave his life for the birth of my son 11.32, she's screaming at the top of her lungs I'm panicking, nurse yelling for the doctor to come 
All I can remember was Lamar's class. Breathe, baby. One, one, two, two, three, three, four, four. I see the head. Doc busting through the door. He between the legs. He see the head. It's my baby boy.